Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! I will be reading today from uh, the book of Luke. Uh, I know Aurora uh, preached on it last week. My sister preached on it last week as well. Uh, so uh, why don't we turn to, straight to it? Uh, Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to 10. Uh, some of you might be familiar with it. Uh, if, you're, if you're not, that's absolutely fine. Um, so yeah, why don't we read together? Zacchaeus, the tax collector, uh, verse 1 says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, and since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be, the, uh, to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Amen. Uh, the title of my sermon today is, What's the Point? And I was, as I was preparing, I was really earnestly asking God, what are my points today? <laughs> um, but we're going to come back to Luke. We're going to come back to the story of Zacchaeus. Um, just a quick question for everyone here, and just a raise of hands. Who likes to go on holiday? Wow. <laughs> Less than 50% of you like to go on holiday. Who likes to go on holiday? Okay, that's a bit better. Okay, cool. Um, who likes to go on holiday with friends or family? Okay. Or family, or family is fine, absolutely fine. That's cool. Um, me, me and my sister have, been, have had the privilege to go on quite a few holidays with our family. Uh, our parents have really just brought us around uh, to many places. So <laughs> really blessed, really blessed. Um, but my dad does a lot of the planning. Um, I'm sure Roy will also talk about it as well. Uh, but he does a lot of the planning for us from booking flights, giving us the dates on which we're going to go on holiday, uh, booking hotels, uh, even on TripAdvisor, what looks like a nice restaurant to eat at. He does a lot of the planning. Uh, he's also like sitting in his room on Google Maps. For example, if there's a point A to B, he'll go to literally on Google Maps. You know, on, you know on Google, you can literally look on the road and like click on the arrows and like walk. He'll literally do that on Google Maps. Um, He's a bit strange, but it's okay. Um, but yeah, he, he does all this planning for us, and, and yeah, it, it really is just a blessing for, for me and Rora to, to go on these holidays and for him to plan all of this as well. Uh, even despite all this planning, um, going on holiday with friends or family can still be a bit frustrating, right? Um, a lot of you have very blank faces, like, oh, the tones have changed. Um, but I mean, like, even despite all this planning, my dad and like going on Google Maps, going from A to B, like on, on the virtual world, um, he still gets lost sometimes. And so sometimes me and Rora just looking at him like, where are we going? And so my dad's favorite words are always, follow me, follow me. Um, don't take it so like biblically or anything like that, but it's just purely, he probably doesn't know where he's going. So he's still like trying to search where he's actually going to. 
Um, but sometimes we get a bit frustrated. And I know Aurora likes to kind of like take the reins and we're going this way, like give me the phone, like going that way. And then me and my mum, we tend to just follow. So me and my mum are kind of at the back, just like. Uh, but I also get frustrated. Uh, when I was younger, I used to just sulk and just be like, why are we still walking? I've got little legs. Like, just want to be in the hotel, play my Game Boy. I had a very simple requirement for holidays, just not doing anything. Um, but yeah, holidays can be very frustrating sometimes. Um, just the planning, and, and sometimes we kind of lose the point, right? Uh, my dad does all this planning, all this preparation, not for the sake of being a control freak or anything like that. He's, he's really not. Um, but he does all this so that we, me and my sister, my mum, uh, can all enjoy being on holiday, right? So we don't have to worry about the flights, uh, paying for the flights even, uh, the, the booking the hotels. We really have that privilege to just try and enjoy the holiday. That's what he tries to take off our shoulders, right? And that's the point of a holiday. Uh, I don't know how many of you might have gone on holiday with like, your friends or family have been in the same situation where one person wants to do 24 things in 24 hours, but you just want to do one thing in 24 hours, right? We've all been there. We've all just kind of looked at the person a bit like, this was a bad choice. Um, but the point of being on holiday is to what? Relax. To just unwind, not bring any work, hopefully. Just unplug from the usual routine, right? That's the whole point of a holiday, right? Um, but what has being on holiday, all this nonsense got to do with what we've just read in Luke, right? Um, and sometimes, um, it doesn't matter if you're a believer, it doesn't matter if you're still searching, uh, or just here today out of curiosity, uh, life can be like that sometimes, right? Uh, we want to do things, we want to plan things the best way so we can get the best experience out of life, right? We want to do things right so we get the best of what we, what we decided, whether it be a career, whether it be through studies, um, even coming to church as well. Sometimes we like to plan and make sure we get church right, right? Um, but sometimes we kind of get lost in the whole trail of what's the best way of doing things, what's the right way of doing things. And so sometimes it's the same with our faith as well. Uh, we can just get caught in the ways of doing things. We can get lost in how we do it rather than what's the main point of it all, right? Um, I know in Hebrews it says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. I love that word, pioneer. Um, and that's the whole point. It's about Jesus, right? Uh, he is the author of our faith, amen? Um, and prepping for this sermon, uh, I know my title of my sermon is, What's the Point? Um, but a lot of the time when I was reading this passage, I was kind of just being ushered and said, God, what's, what's my three points? Can you just give me the three points? Like, there needs to be a structure of the sermon. I was kind of like picking, like, oh, not quite that. I even had another sermon to, to, to in mind, but then God was like, no, I want you to preach on this. So I was just thinking, like, God, what's my points? What are my points? I mean, Suntal the other day had six points. I mean, I can't even get one. Um, but that's not the point, right? <laughs> uh, so what am I trying to say? What am I trying to say? But God is literally kept pointing to me to this scripture in Luke, Luke chapter 19, kept saying, what am I saying? And so that's what I want to get into today. What is God saying? What is God showing? What is Jesus showing and telling us through these scriptures? And so there are kind of three 
scenes, I guess you could say, or three parts uh, to this scripture. Uh, so I'm going to take you through each of them, and we're going to see what Jesus is saying or Jesus is showing. Amen. Uh, so the first part is the tree. So if you're taking down points, <laughs> you can put the tree. So we know Zacchaeus had heard about Jesus, right? So we know that Jesus is coming through Jericho, uh, and whether through word of mouth, through fellow tax collectors, we don't know. Zacchaeus has heard about Jesus. At this point, um, Jesus is famous, right? It's almost like back in the day, like there's this guy doing these different things. Um, I mean, just two chapters ago in Luke 17, uh, we hear of Jesus healing 10 men with leprosy. Wow. Uh, we've got other tax collectors also gathering around Jesus to hear about the different parables he's preaching about. Um, we hear about um, Jesus feeding the 5,000 as well. Amazing. All these different things that Jesus has been come to know about, right? And whether it be through just a nudging or pure curiosity, um, or he's just got free time or whatever, Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus, right? He just wants to see who this person is. And actually, for some of us, that's us. Uh, Zacchaeus is us. Um, sometimes all we want to do is just see Jesus, and that's it. Uh, I'm coming to church to see God. That's it. And if you see in verse 3, I'm just going to read it from verse 3, it says, he wanted to see who Jesus was because he was short. He could not see over the crowd. And verse 4 says, So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. Sometimes, verse 4, for sometimes some of us, that's just Christianity. Just, just what we want to do is just see God, see Jesus. That's it. And sometimes we take church a little bit for granted, uh, even cell group as well. It's like Sunday church, check, done it. I even tired today, great. Um, Wednesday, got homes, I'll go to that, check, that's it. Uh, prayer service last week, check. Um, went through my quiet time, eh, maybe once in the week, but it'll do, we'll check. But when we think of godliness and we think of pursuing God, um, is that something that we want to just strive in? Is that something we take a career out of? Not, not really. Um, so we kind of get caught in this kind of um, motion where we're climbing our trees, right? We're all climbing our individual trees, trying to just see Jesus and then come back down and that's it. Um, but what does Jesus want? And uh, well, how do we justify what we've got the best tree? Uh, sometimes we also think, oh, my studies are fine, going well. My job, got promotion, going well. God, I must be in the right place because God is blessing me, right? That might be the case sometimes. Um, but what does God want? What does Jesus want? He wants relationship, right? So we see in verse 5, it says, When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. Not stay in your tree. Not well done, well done in your tree. But he says, Zacchaeus, come down, and I must stay at your house today. See, sometimes when we're up in the tree, um, I don't know, serving regularly, been serving every day for the past three months, or every weekend for the past three months, um, sometimes we can feel like that, right? Um, 
can get caught up in that motion of being up in the tree, and that's it, and we settle for that. Um, sometimes we also think quiet time, spent 15 minutes, done, quiet time, done. But actually, is our faith just based on the amount of time we spend with God, or are we aiming for quality time with God, right? Because God wants to spend quality time with us, amen? Because if you think of it, if you think of your closest friends, um, we see them on a regular basis sometimes, um, but think of how you got close to them, how you learn about their humor, how you learn about what they like to eat, what they don't like to eat. Um, could have gone on a holiday with them, I don't know. Um, but quality time isn't just the amount of time you spend with them, but how you spend that time with them, right? Whether you go on holiday them, with them, whether you eat regularly with them, over meals, go find new places to eat. It's about that bonding and that really that quality time to just spend with each other, right? That's how you build a relationship, and that's what God wants with us, not bound to 15 minutes of your quiet time or just bound to Sunday service, and that's it. But God wants to really just spend that quality time with you. Amen. And I don't know, if we learned from Holmes uh, last week or the week before about God being the true shepherd. Jesus is the true shepherd, right? And there was a, a key word about us being the sheep and how we hear God. And that word was intimacy. We want to be intimate with God. And God wants to be intimate with us. Amen. And so sometimes when we're so rigid in, in, in how we spend time with God, just looking at uh, attendance, looking at um, your attendance in church and things like that, well, sometimes we become so focused on the methods rather than why we're doing it in the first place, right? Because sometimes we even just try to master that and without knowing it, it just becomes routine. Come to church, you know you need to wake up at a certain time to come to church, and that's all you think about. But God doesn't want just that. He doesn't want you to just have a good view of him. He wants relationship with us. Amen. And so, just to say, I think sometimes when we make work the point of our faith, um, I think that can sometimes disappoint us because sometimes when we just focus on the work, focus on what needs to be done, we can find ourselves a bit disappointed sometimes, whether it be through people or through our own efforts. Again, What's the point of faith? Jesus. Jesus is the author, the pioneer, and perfecter of our faith. Amen. So whether it be figuratively, we spend a lot of our days in, in, in our trees, Jesus wants to call us down from our trees and for a deeper and closer relationship with us. Amen. Amen. And so we know Jesus calls down Zacchaeus from the tree. And so he goes to Zacchaeus' house. You know, Zacchaeus welcomed him gladly. You know. And that kind of comes to my second bit, <laughs> which talks about the people. Um, in Luke chapter 19, verse 7, it says, All the people who saw this began to mutter, He who has gone to be a guest of a sinner. Ooh. We all know that feeling of when it's a bit awkward, it's a bit quiet, someone said something a bit... Ooh or someone's done something a bit scary or, or not quite right, the room kind of falls a bit quiet, falls a bit, what's, what's going on? Um, but let, let's just rewind a bit. Remember Zacchaeus is not a good person, right? Uh, I mean, he's a tax collector. And I don't know if you 
no, I mean, apart from collecting tax, obviously. Um, the Roman Empire, everyone knows this, a bit of a history lesson. Uh, the Roman Empire had, well, a challenge in collecting taxes from the Jewish people. And so they kind of made this really cunning plan, I guess you'd say. They actually employed Jewish men to go door to door to their own community to knock on the doors, ask for money. Uh, but the tip of it was, was they said, you can tax as much as you want, just give us what we need, and you can keep the rest. That's pretty almost evil in a way. Um, but so a lot of these tax collectors are not just um, getting money for their own profit, but a lot of them are traitors as well to their own community, right? Not great. Um, and I realized preparing for this, Zacchaeus, I think, is the only mention of a chief tax collector uh, in the Bible, which means he's very good at what he's employed to do. So much so that he probably teaches other people how to do it as well. So not only is he a tax collector, he is also the chief tax collector. So he's basically the boss of all the little minions. So like the kingpin of this crew of thugs. So even more so reason to hate this man, right? I mean, are the people wrong? No. He's done some pretty bad stuff, right? And even just seeing Jesus, Jesus is also almost risking his own reputation going to see this man at his house, right? So what's the point of all this? What's all this whispers and murmurs? The reality of it actually is, is that we are the people as well. We're the, also Zacchaeus up in the tree, by the same time in verse 7, we are also the people. Sometimes we also find ourselves muttering, whispering, ooh, is that right? Is he really doing that? Is he really going to that guy's house? Does he know what that guy's done? We kind of mutter in the background of what's wrong, what's right. And so sometimes that's, that's us. We fixate our focus and attention on the bad things people do, right? rather than, what is Jesus doing? Jesus is spending time, quality time, with Zacchaeus. Why? Because he loves his people. Simple as that. I mean, we've spoken about this before. Zacchaeus has every right, or not Zacchaeus, the people have every right to point at Zacchaeus and say, this guy is not good. I mean, we know about it. We know about the history of it. They have every right to say that. In fact, Jesus regularly spent time with tax collectors, not just Zacchaeus. Um, we've heard in previous chapters as well of tax collectors coming to Jesus, listening to his parables. So this is not the first time that Jesus hung out with tax collectors. Um, but how many of you know that community, the word community, what community is, is God's design, right? God has designed community. Not even with all the flaws and all the difficult people God designed community, right? With all the challenges. And this day and age, we might not know a tax collector. Or hope not, anyway. H HMRC, I guess, is not a tax collector. <laughs> but um, I guess, what's that, what does that mean in today's context? Um, we have a lot of people in our community, in our lives, whether they come to church or not, they can be difficult to love, right? We sometimes find and pinpoint a reason to say, yeah, that person's just a bit strange. Like, oh. We sometimes, sometimes find it very difficult to love these people. That person's always late. Ignore them. 
that person never applies when I need them most, right? Just difficult people. The type of people, I mean, I've also experienced this, the type of people that only message you when they need something. Hi, Toby. <laughs> How are you? By the way. People like that. They never, they never contribute to what we're trying to do. They always just take. They always just ask, right? They're always so inconsiderate. I have my own life. I need to do stuff as well. But they make it extra difficult for no reason. This meeting only meant to last one hour. But why is it dragging on for two hours? <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Pastor David. People can be very difficult, right? It's very easy to love with our common sense, with our eyes, right? It's very easy to just point and look at what we like, and that's it. But then just like throw away and just cast out what we don't like, right? But I love what Wara said last week, love without an agenda. I love that. But sometimes, it, I mean, yes, I understand. Don't you think it is a bit rude to be late all the time? Yeah. Don't you think it's rude to not reply to anyone? Yeah, of course. Like, but whilst we're talking about kind of the moral score, what's right, what's wrong, do this, don't do that, even verse 7 when people are thinking, do you know what Zacchaeus has done? All these little things. But whilst we're focused on all that, what's Jesus doing? Jesus is talking to Zacchaeus about the Son of Man. That's what verse 10 says. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's what Jesus wants to talk about. Jesus wants to talk about God, right? So whilst we're all in the muttering in verse 7, we're all muttering to each other, oh, do you know what that person's done? <sighs> but Jesus just wants to spend time with this person, the dialogue with him. Remember, Jesus allowed a woman uh, with a bad reputation, I know in Luke 7, to wash his feet. He allowed sinners and tax collectors to listen to him. He didn't pick and choose uh, who came to the crowd. Um, so what are we learning? Jesus sees more than just the brokenness of a moral score, right? He sees the brokenness of the inner soul as well, right? And we learn from these verses that no one is too bad to be saved, right? You can do all the wrong, you can um, have all the black ink and all the terrible stuff on your piece of paper, but God still loves you and God will still want to spend time with you. Amen? And as believers, are we supposed to tell others of what's, what's, what's the right thing to do? You're supposed to do it this way, you're supposed to do it that way. Or are we actually just meant to do what Jesus is doing and talk about God, to share his love, to share our experience with him as well. Because I think if people know God, they can't help but follow the ways of God. But sometimes we get caught up in the ways, the method, how to do things, that we lose sight of actually what was the whole point of doing it in the first place, right? And how does that happen? Through intimacy. Jesus wants transformation to happen through intimacy. Amen. Which brings me to the third part, actually, which is, I initially called it a different title, but I call this bit the home, the home, or the house, if you want to say it. 
Let's reverse back a little bit to verse 3. He wanted to see Jesus, so this is Zacchaeus. He wanted to see Jesus, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. Now, we know that being short is not just about physical stature. Like, he climbed a tree. We know that it's not about just his moral standing, because we know he's done all his bad things as well. But what this is also talking about is his spirit. He was short in his spirit. And actually, we're all Zacchaeus. We are all short in spirit. Amen? That's why we climb trees. That's why we have a tendency to pick out people who seem shorter than us because we want to feel tall. And yet, Jesus wants to still come and stay at Zacchaeus' house. He wants to stay at all our houses. Amen? He wants to come and see where we live, see how we live. Amen? Remember, we're not told about the details of Zacchaeus and Jesus' interaction at Zacchaeus' house. We're not told about what they eat, what they exactly they talked about through the time that Jesus stayed there. Um, but we know that Zacchaeus' life was changed around completely. In verse 8, if you just turn over, says, But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. So suddenly all his belongings just halved. His life just completely changed. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. So it's not just a commitment to his life circumstance there and then, but it's also his lifestyle. Because he went from taking from other people's houses to now he's going back to each and every person's home to give back. So it's a lifestyle change as well. So Zacchaeus' life has changed around completely. And we know that Zacchaeus was a rich man. We know that he had a lot of money. He's very smart in taking money. He wasn't just a tax collector. He was a chief tax collector. So teaching all these other people how to do it as well. Um, And before meeting Jesus, before knowing about Jesus, what's his greatest satisfaction? Money. For us here today, it might not be money. Um, but we might look for satisfaction in other things. Uh, and I'm not just talking about the taboo topics in, in church, whether it be addiction or things like that, but it could be as simple as fame. It's another one. could be respect, acceptance, um, even just value in the workplace, uh, even romance as well. We fixate on all these different things that try and provide satisfaction to our lives, right? But again, what does verse 10 say? For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. See, Jesus is searching for those who are lost. And what are we lost for? Obviously, we're lost in our souls. But we're also lost in just searching all these different areas for something to satisfy us. Amen? See, Zacchaeus was so touched by Jesus' love and presence that, again, his life was completely changed around made a commitment for his life, a commitment for his lifestyle. We know that. But one of the greatest things I love about it is Zacchaeus found a wealth greater than money, greater than riches. And that's why he was able to do all these things, because he found the intimacy and love of Jesus, right? And verse 9 says, today salvation has come to this house. Amen. There's something really ironic that Zacchaeus 
so representing the greed of sin, everything about it, goes to each and every home, knocking on the doors to take, right? Uh, but what's Jesus doing? Jesus is going to each and every home to give, to give salvation, amen? The gift of salvation. And maybe as I just draw to a close, um, I'm just going to invite the worship team back up as well. Um, See, one, God wants to come to each and every one of our doorsteps. Um, and he's waiting for us to welcome him in, him in. So we know Zacchaeus said he welcomed him gladly to his house. See, God wants to bring salvation. And for some of us, that's too good of a promise to, to fall into. Um, for others, we still need a bit of convincing. Is Jesus really the one? And whether it's our own conviction or kind of what other people are saying, all the whispers of our community. Um, I think one thing to say is don't let your past, don't let your past mess or experience kind of um, ruin or limit the expectation of what God can do for our lives. Amen. Because we saw Zacchaeus, his life was changed completely around. And just like with Zacchaeus, um, I think Jesus really wants to visit our house today. He came to Jericho. There were so many people to visit. Could be other leaders. Um, but Jesus specifically wanted to go to Zacchaeus' house, remember? He said, I must visit your house today. And there were no prerequisites, there were no requirements for Zacchaeus to meet before Jesus came to his house. Jesus didn't ask him to tidy his house a bit before he visited. He just said, I'm coming exactly as it is, right? I must stay at your house today. And sometimes we feel like that as well, that we need to make things right, we need to correct things, we need to sort things out from our past before we commit to God, before we dive into a relationship with God, amen? But he already knows what kind of state, what kind of mess our house is in. He already knows what our lives and how the shape of it. He already knows the background. He already knows what we've been through, the struggles, the mistakes as well. But he still wants to be there anyway. Amen. Because I think his presence and his love for us will lead us to do great things, just like Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, when climbing up the tree, maybe even embarrassing himself with climbing up the tree, didn't realize that after his encounter with God, that his life would be completely transformed. He probably climbed up thinking, I'll just come back to my day job as a tax collector the next day. But remember that interaction, that intimacy, that experience of what Jesus' love does to his life completely changes it around. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.